0: The senior pastor started something very great, which we are yet to recover from. Um, amen. Praise the Lord. It was an impactful, prophetic service, and w- one which I'm still trying to grasp myself over. And if we did remember the topic of that day, it was the turning points. Amen. We talked about the turning points and. As the world of the Lord was coming, we had a lot of examples on that day. We had, can somebody remind me of the examples the senior pastor laid on us? One was, we had the story of Joseph. Which other one? Sorry? The story of David. Who said David? The story of, Okay, Sister Shema said Job. Amen. Don't pick it up from her. She is the one that said Job. Amen. Which other story do we have? Who said Rachel? You already said David. Who else said Rachel? Why are you hiding your face? Did you say Rachel? Did anybody say Rachel? You already said one before now. You said Rachel as well. Praise the Lord. Which other st- story do we have? Sorry. So, how many now? Oh, Lord, did you see anyone? Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, um, we have one more then. So, we had different examples. So, for everyone that mentioned a name, all you have to do is to tell us what you gained from that example. Praise the Lord. Now, don't deny you didn't mention any name. Amen? Some of us are happy we didn't put our hands up. Hallelujah. So, for everyone who mentioned a name, all we want is... Not so sure I'm hearing myself again. All right. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm not hearing myself very well. So for everyone who said a name, all we want you to do quickly just give us an example of what was said on that day or what you picked up from as relating to the turning point. And after which I think it's final. After which we're going to go into what we have today, and that is going to take a little bit more of a recap of what we did on that day, on that day. So, who said, um, Sister Ishama, which one did you choose? Okay, let's have her the mic. So, she's going to tell us what Job's story was all about in relation to what she learned on that day, and then we're going to know whether, we're going to take it up from there. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Um, yes, in respect to Job, um, Pastor talked about, of course, the turning point. Yes. Um, the turning we know Job's story, what happened to him and how he went downhill. And um, when God spoke to him, it was when Job prayed for, prayed for his friends that God restored to him all that he had lost. So that, that was like a turning point for Job when he prayed for his friends. For his friends, yes. Basically, that's what I got from
0: it. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate her very much which was very true with what we learned on Sunday, was that when Job prayed for his friends, then the turning point came in the lives of Job. And the Bible says, and God multiplied everything that Job had much more than he ever had in the beginning. Is that correct? And so that was a turning point for better things to come in the life of Job. Praise the Lord. Let's have, um, who else raised his hand? Here's your hand. All right, let's have the sister first.
3: Praise the Lord. I have to talked about David. I think he said um, when um, Saul, you know, was God sent him to anoint the servants, so he went to the house of David. You know, he, the, um, David's father brought out the men in the house, and Saul, he was they were sorry. Samuel, sorry, sorry. they were rejected. And so the spirit of the Lord, through Samuel, asked, they still, you know, still have somebody. Before the father even remembered that he has a son, they went to call David, so he was anointed. Even with all that, he was still not respected, even with the anointing and all that. But I I guess his turning point came when he went, when he killed Goliath. Yes. You know, and the song, where the women were singing, they said, David killed Saul so, killed 1,000 and David killed 10,000. 10, I think from there, that was where he got his 20 points.
0: Praise the Lord. Now, this is interesting because that shows that everyone at least had a grasp of what was being taught. Let's have one or two more. We had one more hand there. Okay, are we going here? All right, let's have a um, brother there. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
4: My take on Sunday... Pastor was talking about turning points to the worst and to the better, and I learned um, regards um, Saul, the area of um, kingship, he was made a king which was his own turning point for good, but when when he lost the kingship and his death was his own worst period, so that was what I picked out from that particular lesson, praise the Lord.
0: Let's appreciate him. Now he's digging it the part that you can have a turning point to the best and also to the worst, depending on how we make or take decisions of life. If you're in vigil, you remember where the senior pastor was talking about decision making. Do I have a witness? So the decisions you make can also be a turning point to whatsoever happened to you. The Lord may have spoken something concerning you, but decisions you also take can also um, determine if you take a detour as far as where God is taking you to is concerned. So, that is also a point that, that we also have to be careful. The fact that we're expecting a turning point for something good, our decision is also very important in this walk with God. Praise the Lord. Let's have somebody here who's, let's just have one person on this side. All right.
4: Said for years she had been without a child, but the time came, one of those several years she went to Shiloh and she poured out her heart to the Lord, and her turning point was when she made a vow to God and said, If you give me a son, I will give him back to you to be a priest unto you. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think that's also a very nice example. She made a vow between herself and God. And that became a turning point for the rest of her life. Amen. Do we have more hands? All right, we'll take Sister um, Lydie, then we'll take uh, our mother as the last for this part. Yes, we'll take Lydie first, then she will cap it up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think
5: God never plans anything bad for his children. So when God... A, straight, a turning point, it is now left for us, his children, to decide if it it's going to be a good turning point, turning points for good and turning point for bad. For example, when God orchestrated that turning point for Joseph, so he planned a good turning point for him. But if, if Joseph had appeared before Pharaoh looking like a prisoner, not, not shaved and just wearing his tattered clothes, it could have been the other way around. So I think at every point in time, just, just to combine um, the message that you give you and on Sunday together, at every point in time, God's orchestrated a turning point. The decision you make at that point will determine if it it's going to be a good one. Turning points will be for good or turning points for bad.
0: Praise the name of the Lord. Let's appreciate her for that. If you didn't get that very well, what she was saying, David, Joseph, rather, was in the prison yard for all this while. And he had an opportunity to appear before the king. Remember, he was a prisoner. So, if he does appear in front of the king as a prisoner, does it make him less of a prisoner where he was coming from? No. The king would have said, Of course, he is a prisoner. But he decided and chose to appear before the king not as a prisoner. The Bible says he shaved himself off, decided to wear himself an adornment. So when he was appearing, he was appearing as if he was selling himself and not selling himself as a prisoner, but decided to sell himself as he was as a king while people were seeing him as a prisoner. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's appreciate Sister Lydie for that. And our mother is going to wrap this session up for us whilst we go into the other leg for today. Amen.
6: Praise the Lord. We are taught also that uh, certain things happen in the process of life. That at certain times something has to give up for you. As long as you are in the will of God and you are walking your will, like in the case of Isaiah, the prophet, there came a time, he said, on the time King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord, which means... Maybe at times in life, something obst- may be obstructing the, the turning point, but by the grace of God, something happens. Like in the case of Rachel, the best wife of Jacob, whom he fought for 14 years for, and still there was no child coming from her. Or when his rival, his got a daughter, something happened that brought about the change that Gepha, Joseph, and uh, Benjamin. So at most times, there are certain things as a point, things change for us once we are in the will of God. There's a time, something, if it's obstruction, God will take it away. If it is something that, we, that needs to happen, the event that needs to happen for us to get there, God will cause that those events to happen, even when we don't know them. But when they happen, our turning point comes, and we have a reference point
0: praise the name of the lord praise the lord okay i think i love the angle she, she's coming from she said even though there are things that will happen at sometimes you may not know is your turning point but later in life you will get to know that that you can reference those events and know that doubt indeed was the turning point amen in fact when the senior pastor was giving an example of um, was it rachel now that were expecting One of the things that came to my mind, I was told very long time ago, was never get jealous of somebody else that have gotten the things you are expecting. Never get jealous of someone that have gotten the things that you are expecting. You're expecting a good job. Then two of you, one of you had the job. Never get jealous or hold a grudge on that person. It may hold you back from getting the same thing you're expecting two expecting a child. One had a child before. Rejoice with those who rejoice, says the Bible. Never hold yourself against a person. You can't hold it against God. Sometimes we want to hold it against the person. You are close friends, but God has answered the person's prayer. All of a sudden we turn cold because of bitterness that just runs in us. Sometimes it just comes from inside, but we need to control ourselves. I said, if God did it for that person, rejoice that the same God that did it for that person will do it for you. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, praise the name of the Lord. Now I'm very sure when Jesus was writing the parables of the sower, if jesus had one church which was grace assembly i'm not so sure he will write the parable of the sower because all the fruits seem to have fallen on good grounds praise the name of the lord hallelujah let's celebrate ourselves the lord be praised in jesus name but the only temptation you give me is to go back to my seat i'm sure we all know everything at this point praise the lord all right praise the name of the lord now we're going to look at this in a different direction this evening because the whole reason why we gather on Wednesday is to make it practicable enough for ourselves as we go into businesses, as we go into family, as we go into friends, as we go to face the reality of life. The turning point, as we've heard, is a point where God singles events, where God singles activities, where God singles things that gives us a good a good direction that god himself is about to do something great in our lives but what if we have a story like joseph in reality or a story like king david in reality where the bible says the lord himself had appointed or anointed david as king i think first samuel chapter 16 he has anointed david as king in first samuel chapter 16 but it took all the books of 1 Samuel to be written, and we started a chapter in 2 Samuel before David could assume the throne himself. So, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, he was anointed king. Just the way the word of the Lord has come to every one of us, and we become expectant of the great thing the Lord is about to do. Though it may, sometimes it When it takes a little longer than we thought for the manifestation to come, we get excited about the word of the Lord coming. Maybe this is a turning point. What if it takes longer than we expect? Or in some cases, what if the turning point doesn't seem to come pleasurable? Genesis chapter 25, one of my favorite chapters when something close to this did happen to me. Genesis 25 verse 11 said, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham. It came to pass after the death of who? After the death of who? Is death in itself a pleasurable thing? When it comes to families, what comes to those families? Tears, right? We have people crying, we have hearts broken. But the Bible says, after the death of Abraham, let's read together what happened, that God did what, that God did what, what then could we say was a turning point of the blessing for Isaac, could the death of his father had come to him as something that could have been a turning point, could it? If they tell you the tribulations we are going through or the difficult moments we are going through are turning points, would that really sound pleasurable? We don't really see the light in what we go through. We always want the best to come per time. But what if God is telling us, your turning point is your time that you are waiting for the better things to come? What if it's telling you when you lost your job was indeed your turning point? What if God told us when you had that big fight with your husband was the turning point of the blessed marriage that was supposed to come? What if God did is telling us this evening that when you lost or we lost that contract and we were holding God to ransom and we're saying God is a problem, God is at fault, that is why the word of the Lord is not coming to pass because God is not doing something great in our life. What if those moments indeed are the turning point in our lives? Recently, I watched a movie and had this movie for two years. For some reason, I've never watched the movie. I don't know how many of us have seen it. It's called The Shark. How many of us have seen it? It's a Christian movie and a very lovely movie. It's called The Shark. If you want to, just go look for it. It's a very lovely movie. It's called The Shark. The Shark, not The Shark as in a whale or the fish shark. is a shark, this uncompleted, yes, uncompleted building. It was one, it's one of the beautiful movies I've watched that epitomizes what God tries to say to us per time. A little bit of that movie, a family went, you know, an outdoor, they went for an outdoor engagement. The man had a child about, let's say, four year old, and then he had maybe some close to two teenage children. Let me just um, say that way. Assuming you have two teenage children, a boy and a girl, and a little girl of maybe like four, five, or six year old. And whilst they went camping, it happened that the two teenagers were, you know, riding on a boat. And all of a sudden, they were playing, and the boat capsized. And the boy was drowning. And the father was playing with a four year old. And all of a sudden, he had to run and dive into the water to save the drowning child. And by the time they saved the boy, they found out that the four-year-old was missing and they never found the child. Investigation upon investigation, only for them to find out that there was a serial killer around the area and the serial killer killed the child. They couldn't even find the body, but the blood bloods everywhere. The man was convinced before then come to church come to church you know what it means you're trying to convince somebody to come to church and all of a sudden the god that you are promising me i'm going to serve allowed this to happen to me what he didn't know that that was the turning point of what it was supposed to be the relationship between him and god that will never be broken he was so heartbroken he couldn't do anything for the rest of his life. His family moved on. You know how the white people do. They try to blame themselves as if they, should have, they could have made things better. Long and short of the story, he struggled to keep things to himself. He struggled to get back to himself, rather, but he couldn't. And all of a sudden, he saw a letter in his mailbox. And then, remember, the killer killed a child in the shack. And the mailbox said, let's have a timeout in the shack. And they thought it was a killer that sent the mail. And then he he summoned courage and went all the way to the place. And it was one encounter he had with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What was God trying to tell him? That even in the death of your child, I was still loving you and I'm still in the business of what you are doing. God was trying to let him forgive himself and yet trying to see how much he loved him. And so, what seemed to be a disaster in the house turned out to be a turning point for a man to be saved. This evening, we are going to look at what seemingly seemed to be a negative thing which God could be using positively to bless us, positively to change our lives, positively to change our mentality, Positively to change the way we view things. Positively to turn our directions away from what he has been trying to point out to us for a very long time. The Bible says, Genesis 25 verse 11, After the death of Abraham, After the death of Abraham, Then Isaac's blessing started to come. So if Isaac had been praying for a very long time, Perhaps his blessing wouldn't have come. So perhaps he was even seeing God as being so hard. How could you have let this man go? God, how could you have let Abraham go? Moses lived longer than him. Maybe he could have lived a year longer, two years longer, three years longer. But God finds a way of pointing out to our attention what he needs to do. Just like our grandma said, she said, sometimes we may live our life to find out that we need to reference two years back, Or some events in which God is using to bless us or to give us direction this evening. And the Lord will give us that direction in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to look at James chapter 1 verse 2 to 3. And then we're going to see how we can, you know, grow in the turning point that may be happening already even in our lives this evening. James chapter 1 from verse 2. Now the Bible says... My brethren, we should do what? We should do what? Count it all joy. When we fall into trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces what? Patience. Verse 3. Is that 2 and 3? Okay. Knowing that the patience, the testing of our faith produces what? Patience. The testing of our faith produces patience. Now, let's take a case in point. We're going to take the story of David. Now, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel, rather, chapter 16, from verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. The Bible says, Now, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you continue to mourn for Saul, seeing that he has rejected me? Now, this was a story when God anointed was David. Remember, we read the story. So it was, verse 6 says, So it was when they came that he looked Eliab and said, "Surely Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to him, Samuel, Do not look at their appearances or their physical stature because I have refused him. Remember, just as his Shema let us know, it got to a point that God said, David was his was anointed one. So David was the anointed one of the Lord. But let's look at the things that David went through, even though he was anointed. A similar story is what we we'll definitely see in the life of Joseph. When he saw himself as a dreamer, he was a dreamer rather, he saw himself being made king. But we knew and saw what he had to go through before the vision that God had to him had to come to pass. For everyone seated here, we have one or two words that the Lord has spoken to us. But we may be going, to, we may be going through things that seem contrary to what God had spoken. God says he's going to bless us this year with a bountiful blessings. Maybe if you're a businessman, God said this is going to be the year he's going to make your business flourish. But we are between now, let's assume the first quarter of the year, you are losing chances of contract upon contract. Does it look like a contrary direction to what God has spoken? But do we still have the turning point which the Lord did speak to us? How then, as a business person, that the Lord has promised that you are going to make the best of opportunity? Let's assume God spoke to a businessman here and said, the first quarter of the year is going to be your best year ever. And yet, the first quarter had gone. This businessman have not hit any contract yet. Does that make God lie? Does that make God really a liar? But has the first quarter gone? Has the first quarter gone? What do you make out of that? The first quarter have gone. Yet, God said the first quarter is going to be the best quarter of the year. Does that make God a liar? Why does it make God a liar? God said the first quarter, and yet the first quarter have gone. And this businessman has not gotten a contract. In fact, his business have even gone a little lower than it has. Does that bring the story of David together? God said you are going to be the king the first quarter. But what we are going through now doesn't seem to be leading us to the palace. It seems to be leading us to the war front. David was busy fighting war. He was busy sparing the life of Saul. He was busy, you know, trying to get the 300 men. Yet, his anointing was to go to the world, to the palace. Could it be that the war we are going through, the off direction we seem to be going through, could it be he's preparing us to be a better person to where God is taking us to? Could it be that is what God is preparing us for? Joseph, for instance, was supposed to be king, but he was going toward the wrong direction. Could it be God was teaching him how to judge people aright? Could it be God was teaching him how to accept people irrespective of who they are? Could it be there's a turning point or something God is teaching us in whatsoever we are going through? The businessman was promised blessing in three months, but he's yet to find it. Could it be when one of his blessings will come? Will be one of those appointments or those um, quotations that were rejected? Could God still do it in the fourth month even though he promises in the third month? He can still be grateful. He can still be faithful to his word. He's always faithful to his word. So this evening, we're going to see how even when God seems to be taking us or life, let's just use life, seems to be taking us in the right direction, how we'll stay focused to what the Lord has said. For instance, the senior pastor has said from April 1, we're going to see a turning point. Is that correct? To some of us, it may not seem likely as if it's coming. But could it be that the word of the Lord was not potent enough? Never. The word of the Lord is still potent. The word of the Lord is action. The word of the Lord is still doing what the word of the Lord says. All we need to do is to try to see how we can stay on the word as far as the word of the Lord is concerned. How we stay kept to the word of the Lord that was spoken long time ago. Praise the Lord. So we're going to use these two cases, as example and reflect it to our lives today and try to put everyday life to it and then paint a picture of what it really talk about and then we close. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take, as we said, we're going to take David as an example. So David was anointed king, but he found himself where kings are not supposed to be. He found himself where maybe generals are supposed to be or where at some point, the Bible says he was even hiding in caves. It's not of kings who hide in caves, but we, can, we, may have been, we may be at the moment in the cave part of our lives that seems not to be in the direction where God is taking us to. And if we are not careful, what will happen is that we're going to lose focus of what the Lord has said. If God promised it, the truth is he's going to take us to where he promised us. But we need to stay focused on what he said irrespective of where the boat may be taking us to. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at Second Samuel chapter 2. 2 Samuel chapter 1, rather. Second Samuel chapter 1. Now, remember we gave an example. The Bible says, Now it came to pass, after the death of Saul, that when David returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David stayed two days in Ziggler, On the third day, behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn, dust in his head. So it was that when he came to David, that he fell to the ground and prostrated to him. Now this was a man that that broke the news of the death of Saul to him. The story did tell us that David, in all what he did, never became king until Saul died. Remember, the Bible says... Concerning Isaac as well, that Isaac only began to prosper after the death of who? Abraham. David in himself became king only after the death of what? After the death of Saul. So, in reality, some of the things we face are going to have their face, are going to face out before we can even get to where God is taking us to. But we're going to look at five key things that we can do whilst the boat is taking us the other way around. If God says we are going this direction, if the boat of life seems to be taking us this other way, the question is, how or what do you do to keep your mind and keep yourself in focus to where God originally wanted to take you to? If you are the Joseph of our time, and God said you are going to be king, and you find yourself in the prison how do you keep yourself how do you keep reminding yourself of what the lord said at the beginning if you've ever been in castration has anybody ever felt lonely anybody you just feel lonely one of those weekends everything is just boring has it ever happened to you one of those weekends you just want somebody to take you out nobody is coming nobody is calling even your chat group just goes silent The only person you possibly chat with have traveled, and so it's incommunicable. So you are so lonely, and you are so bored. How many of us have felt that way before? It's a terrible experience, I must say. Praise the Lord. So as terrible as it is, now just imagine you are in prison of your life, where things seem to be in a standstill, and there seems not to be any direction to what or where God is taking us to. So the question we're going to pose and address this evening is how do we remain, stay focused on what the Lord had said even though, the, even though life itself seems to be taking us to the wrong direction? Now, April is a month that we are going to experience a turning point, no doubt. April is a month we are going to experience our turning point, no doubt. So before the turning point comes... How do we keep ourselves stayed on the word of the Lord? How do we remind ourselves to be stayed on the word of the Lord? How do we encourage ourselves that the turning point has either come or is going to come as the word of the Lord has come? Remember, I see hold on to what our grandma said. Even though things don't seem to be all right now, when we get there, we will reference a point. We will reference a date. It may have come in our lives. We may not know it. A turning point may have come in March. You may not have known it. But when it, the manifestation comes in April, all we need to do is just what? to reference those days. Amen. And the Lord will grant us grace to reference those days in the name of Jesus. Now, let's look at five ways of five things we need to do while waiting on God and how we can stay ourselves focused on what God said concerning his points. I'm going to take just one. And when I take one, we're going to make it interactive and we're going to look for the remaining five. Now I have one and we're going to look for how many? Five. If you have the remaining four, please let me know. Now James, let's look at James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 is what we read, we read earlier. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says, Now brethren, count it all what? Joy. Let me hear you. Count it all what? Joy. Now, if things are not going the way we want it, what did the Bible say we should do? We should count it all what? I can't hear us. So, he's telling us, irrespective of where we are now, we should be what? Joyful. Irrespective of where we are, we should remain what? Joyful. Now, how easy is it to be joyful sometimes? Maybe not. But the Bible says that we need to be what? joyful irrespective of where we are irrespective of how things seem to be turning we're expected to be what joyful now what does joy in itself do it says you should count the on joy when we fall into various trials knowing that this is just the testing of our faith and it's going to produce what patience it's going to produce patience in our house fellowship, one day we were talking about patience and somebody came up with something called, is it, what do we, what do we call it again? No, there was something called suffering. I think it's one of the, the spirits. Yes, they call it long what? Suffering. Praise the Lord. So, Nobody loves long suffering. And so we had to look for other meaning of the word long suffering. Praise the Lord. And one of the things we'll find was what? Patience. It said long suffering can be equated to what? Patience because nobody wants to suffer long. Amen. So the Bible told us, I think there's a scripture where the Bible says you should add long suffering to your list of, I think it was one of the fruits of the Spirit is even was Long suffering. Just imagine one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. Everybody say long-suffering. No, say it long. It's long-suffering. So he says one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. We said to ourselves, "I'm not. we're not so sure that's what the Holy Spirit meant. I'm sure he meant that one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. That is the only thing that's... There was someone that gave a Yoruba meaning to the word long-suffering. Eh? Or something that is a or something, praise the Lord. And everybody almost said, "God forbid, Amen." But yet, it was one of the fruits of what the Spirit, Amen. So, but what God is saying that in a place of waiting, when things don't seem to be going the way it looks like, if you are going through what David went through. I'm supposed to be the king, but he's not looking that way. If you are going through what Joseph is going through, you are supposed to be the king, but you are falling into one trouble or the other. it either you are accused of trying to rape somebody's wife, or you are accused of stealing something, or you are accused of, you know, trying to do one or two things, or sold outside for slavery. When all those things seem to be coming our way, the Bible is saying, you should count it all what, count it all joy. How do you count something all joy? It's only when you remember and bring to remembrance what was told to you a full time. How do you count it all joy when there's no word at all? But we are privileged to have the word of the Lord come to us season upon season, in and out. That the Lord is taking us somewhere where the Lord wants to take us to. And says we're going to experience a turning point. So if in the office things are not coming true, the Bible says we should do what? count it all joy. If the husband seem not to be doing the right thing or the wives not seem to be doing the right thing, he says continue in prayer, but still do what? Count it all what? Count it all joy. If the job we're expecting is not coming, the Bible says we should still do what? Count it all joy. Tell your neighbor, count it all joy. Count it all joy. So in all that we do, he expects us to keep counting it all all joy because in the joy of the lord is our what our strength the bible says the joy of the lord is our what our strength when we look for the joy when we look for god's strength we can we may only have to find it in the place of joy but remember for you to have a joyful heart is a state of the mind the joy is a state of the mind nothing seems joyful but i i I choose to be joyful in all And one of the ways we need to be joyful is what we're going to look at later on, which I'm not going to say now, is to be thankful. We're going to delve deeper into that. A thankful heart is only a heart that's going to have joy in itself. Amen. Now, let's take contribution. We're going to take maybe four more. What we can do that will keep us focused to what the Lord is or where the Lord is taking us to. So, assuming you are the David, assuming you are the Joseph, and you are not heading to the palace where God promised us. How or what do we need to do to keep ourselves focused? Let's hear Brother Adelie.
3: It's
7: possible for you to have faith and not trust the process.
0: It's possible, praise the Lord. Remember last week, Brother Adelie said something very brief and very short, but had a huge lot of impact. Amen. I remember hope and hope and faith yes praise the lord so let's be very attentive he may just drop a quote now that somebody needs to to write his own contribution are always as simple as once i was blind but now i see praise the lord all right let's pay attention and listen to him now
7: trust the process trust trust the process the process because you can have faith and not trust the process of getting to your destination.
0: Let's get you right. You may have faith.
7: Yes, and not trust the process.
0: But not trust the process. Yes. Can because you- the
7: process can be hardship, can be disappointment, can be betrayal, can be a lot of things, and you question where God is even taking you to. And even question your own faith. So mm-hmm. if you don't trust the process, you can't be focused on where you're going
0: to. But what if the process doesn't seem you know, okay, so, okay, if if the process is tough, if the process is difficult, we should trust that process in itself. That is going to end in something what? In something great. Praise the name of the Lord. So, he's saying, all we need to do is trust the process. Now, that reminds us of, of Somebody did argue something with me, which I really love. The scripture says somewhere that Jesus himself, for the, for, for the joy that was to come, suffered what? suffered what was on the ground. So he could see the joy that was to come. That is why he could trust and go through the process. So we have the word of the joy that is to come. So that gives us a confidence, the confidence to do what? To run through the process that may come towards us. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So I think that's a nice one. You need to trust the process. Trust the process, it said. So irrespective of what you may be going through, it's like the process of making, one of the toughest process is the process of making, is it gold that has to go through the finance and all the rest? The gold in itself knows what is going to go through. But it knows the process and it knows what's going to come at the end. If I can just endure each of those process of the blacksmith, which the blacksmith is going to take me through, I'm going to worth a million. I'm going to worth something greater in future. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate Brother Daley one more time. So we said we're looking for four points. We have number two, which is to trust the process in which we are going through. Let's hear Sister Lydie. Praise God. Okay, um,
5: in the Bible, the angel appeared to Mary and told Mary that Mary was going to get pregnant, so the Spirit will come upon her and she will have Jesus. And before then, the um, angel appeared to um, um, Elizabeth and her husband to say they were going to have John. And so, the angel delivered a word to Mary that you're going to have it looks like a, a very it was a very good destination a very good expected end but when she looked at a situation this is to come upon me and then what will I, will I what will I say to people that what all I to people I I tell people um where I got how I got pregnant and all being that she's a virgin she looked for Elizabeth the bible says that she left town and went to go stay with Elizabeth so it says to me that when god gives you a word and situation says the opposite. You find people of like mind. Find somebody that God has given. that someone of like mind. Somebody that God has given something similar. That can trust with you. That can encourage you. That at least if you see your own, you'll be encouraged. And you'll be able to stay focused on what God has said
0: to you. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate her. Let's appreciate her. So she's saying all you need to find is people of like minds. Amen. They always say that there's nothing anybody will go through in life that no other person have done what had gone through. One of the problems we have is that we suffer a lot of things alone. But the sad part, really, a lot of people also are not so good in, you know, counseling anymore. A lot of people are not so good at being friends. In the age of social media, a lot of people try to be to themselves because a little word can go out to any other person. But that is why we come to the gathering of the saints where we trust ourselves and we know the gathering at which we are. Where we can share one things between ourselves as brothers and sisters and be sure the person, the best is going to do is to uphold us in prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. So one thing she has added is that we need to find people of like minds, share what we are going through and the person is going to help us to where we are going to. Praise the name of the Lord. You don't if you are going through difficulty in business, you must find people who have succeeded in that area of life. It may ne- it may not necessarily be your friends. It may be someone connecting you to who you know that can help you in that area of life. But most important thing, you must just find like minds that can help you through the tough times. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's have more contribution, Brother Mitchell.
4: For me, I will say, don't lose sight of the word that has been spoken over your life. Keep saying it, even though the reality does not you know, align with the word that God has spoken. In time, that word will be the catalyst that will bring forth your expectation. I think Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35, it says, For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And lastly, in case of what you're going through, you are confused. Go back to where God has spoken to you before now. There will be a redirection. Praise the Lord.
0: Okay, Brad Mitchell is saying that we need not to lose focus of what the Lord has said. In other words, what he's saying that we should remember to meditate on the promise that he had given us originally. Remember to meditate on the promise that he has given us originally. Somebody did say, one of the best ways to trust God in the new things he has said is to remember the things he had, he had promised and fulfilled in time past. So, whilst going through the difficult period, what are, what are the things that the Lord has said earlier before now that he has kept to his word? That you trusted him that gave you the reason to trust him over and over again so things may not come the way you think in the new world but that doesn't take away the potency in that world praise the name of the lord let's have more contribution yes
8: praise god hallelujah i I, I want to use a personal example i got married in 92 1992 Nineteen ninety two, and I had my son in 98 for me I had to change my name um, my native name which I used to bear you had in-
0: your son six years after
8: yes my native name is in and I took pride in that name it means be patient and keep enduring so for me I had to shed that name So I dropped that name and the very uh, month I dropped the name, you know, I took him, I became pregnant. So sometimes you just have to drop some things that, you know, suggest that this is you, you know. And then a great man of God also prayed for me and told me, go and be happy. So I dropped that name and I became joyful and that was it.
0: Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That that is a live experience. The Bible says there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Lord given him what? Understanding. He says the Bible also says for our spirits communes with the spirit of the Lord that tells us that we are the children of God. Within you there is a spirit that tells you what could be a heaviness in your heart. So the question you ask, how did she know the name was the disturbance? The same question you ask her probably will be the same question you ask the woman that touched the hem of the garment. How did you know that the hem will give you that thing? It is a faith that comes within you. And it comes within you knowing or having a hope in the person that spoke the word or in what you have been experiencing over the years. So she had the spirit speak to her. And sometimes when the spirit speaks to you, it comes with a whole level of heaviness. Sometimes you you postpone what the Holy Spirit is telling you within you. There's no problem. But when you do it, you find yourself empty. You find yourself at ease. And sometimes, if you have not dropped the name, maybe you couldn't have found opportunity to be joyful. There are some things that we hold on to that are stopping us from being joyful. When you drop them, you become a little lighter. You you, You become free in your inner mind. And then you can be happy for even other people and yourself as well. Let's celebrator for sharing a very personal experience. God bless you. Do we have any more experience? All right, Sister shema? We'll take two more and then we'll just wrap up then.
1: Praise the Lord. Um, I have a contribution and uh, one of the points. Those, when you're going through your downtime, it's not a time to stay away from the guardian of the brethren or from hearing the word of God. Um, personally, in my life, I had the time that was really, it was just, it was very tough. It was just a lot of turmoil. And I came to church. Um, I always told myself that it's a person that is sick that goes to the hospital. So when you're down, it's not the time to say that, I don't want to go to church because I'm not feeling it. If you are not feeling it, just come and sit down there. Even if you are clapping, you don't want to clap, just keep, just be there. And then pastor preached about When, um, after he fed the 5,000 people plus with the fish, the fish and the um, bread miracle. And that was like a great miracle. And then he told the disciples to go across the other side and that he will meet them. What happened to them when they were, when they were at sea? The, The boats, that's when they experienced a storm. It was a terrible storm. And it would seem as if we just had the miracle. We're just with Jesus. And he told us to go to the other side. So pastor preached a message and said that. So sometimes because... Jesus Christ, has, the Lord has told you to go there. It does not mean that it will just be smooth sailing. And that, just, that word helped me to stay. It just helped me. It went, I went back home and I just told myself, I will stay. Because the fact that I'm going through a storm does not mean that God is not with me in that storm. So it's actually a time to really stay on the word. Don't If you can't even pray by yourself, come to church. You know, keep hearing the word. Uh, and the other point I went to add was 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, in all things, give thanks. So that's one of the points that we need to note. Give thanks in all things.
0: Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. In all things, give thanks. Now, one, one, one of the funniest stories in the Bible I've always read and just wonder what happened was we always be the story of, is it Elijah or Elisha? Where he called down the fire from heaven. And he did what? And he consumed he consumed the altar that was poured with water and all the rest. A man called down fire from heaven, and the Lord heard it loud and clear, and he sent down the fire. A miracle that the world had never seen. When the word got to the queen, what was the name of the queen again? And she said, She's going to cut the head of Elijah wherever she is. What did he do? The Bible says he ran away for his life. Praise the Lord. How could a man that had just called down fire from heaven run from a woman, a mere man? Praise the Lord. So you see, sometimes encounters are personal. You can have an encounter today. Doesn't mean you have the guts to face another one. So that is why you need him part time. <laughs> Amen. So just like the story Sister Shema just laid, Jesus just fed 5,000 and he said, let's go to the other side. And the boat is trying to, and the same disciple that saw him feed 5,000 just have lost faith because when encounters come, they come in different shades. You can face a encounter of, you know, you know, somebody falling sick and you pray for the person. But once if the person, you know, dies? You know, we face different encounters, and that is why the Bible says that his his, his presence are new every morning. So, the the anointing you had yesterday morning may not be enough to take you through tomorrow morning. And that is why the presence and the gathering of the Lord is required day in and day out. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, in all, Sister caps it that we need all to be thankful. One of the biggest things that can come to a Christian is a thankful heart. A thankful heart opens you to a great doors of opportunity. Now, before I go into thankfulness, there's something you said, that God himself goes through all we go through, right? You did mention that. Now, that took me back to that movie, The Shark. This is what the man did. There's a man, there's a person that appeared as God in that movie. So, he was trying to put this man through, through, bring him back to his life. Now, the man said to him, you left where were you when my daughter was taken where were you when my daughter was killed He said well Jesus God said to him I was there all through And do you know what the man said He said yes you are good at leaving your people when they need you most And that is why you left your son on the cross even while he was crying for you to save him Do you know what the person did He said He said you left him alone to die on the cross and God said I never left him on the cross. I was there with him all through the cross. Now, before he made that statement, the person that acted as God stretched out his hand and on his hand was the same nail hole that was on Jesus' hand. And he said, I never left him on the cross. We suffered the death together on the cross. Praise the Lord. So when we go through things, sometimes we think God has left us. But could it be? And the reality is, he's there suffering it alongside with us. But he's just there all through, ready to take us through what we are suffering. But has he left us? Never will he leave us and never will he forsake us as the scripture says. Praise the name of the Lord. So in all these things, we need to be thankful because you may just be going through your turning points at this time. It may not be pleasurable. For some, it may be pleasurable. To some of us, it may not be pleasurable. You may be looking forward to a big event. But God is walking through every day of your life a, a turning point. So you don't take, we are not here, we are here to remind ourselves, we don't take any day lightly. We don't take event lightly. We don't take anything that we do lightly. The Bible says, whatever you find to do, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all with all your heart and with all with all your mind, as unto the Lord as not unto man. It may be a job you don't like, but keep at it. it may be the point the Lord is preparing you for. We heard the the testimony of Barack Benga whilst he was doing something, and he seemed to be life seems to be belittling him more than what he was capable of but did that was that a turning point to where he was going to yes it was so what we may be going through what we may be doing that doesn't seem convenient that doesn't seem as if it is where God is taking us to may just be the turning point that we are going through we are going to be going through every day of our life and when the time comes When the miracle does come at the end, just like grandma said, we may reference, we will reference every event at some point. But what if we lose faith or lose sight of thanksgiving? What if we lose sight of being joyful? What if we lose sight of mingling with like minds? What if we lose sight of trusting the process? Once we lose the sight of all these things we we'll learned learn today, we may just be another Joseph, throwing, we may just be Joseph throwing in the towel in the prison. But he didn't. He kept at what he was doing, he kept interpreting dreams even in prison. It's not when you get to the palace that you interpret dreams, you learn to interpret dreams whilst you are still in prison. Praise the Lord. So, anywhere we find ourselves, we just need to be good at whatever we're doing. And that will be the turning point we're going to reference in the name of Jesus. And our prayer is, April will not pass. Everyone here will experience a turning point in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So, we just, does anybody else have anything to add before we just recap and then round up for today? Any other person, anything to add, contribution at this point? Oh, all right. The small pastor wants to have a contribution.
3: Good
7: evening, church. I think one of the reasons is positive thinking and words. For example, now, the story of Joseph when he was in the prison. If he had not taught positively and the word he used on himself... He would have been. It wouldn't have been able to be, or we wouldn't have been able to um, get to where it was supposed to get to. So it was the words and the thought he had. Like for for instance, now most of us nowadays, when we find ourselves in a complete complicating position, it's the words we use that will determine whether we move further or we'll stay on that point. So it's the thoughts we have that will signify if we're able to cross that border or stay on that border. So it's what we proclaim that we, that's what will happen. So it's what we use our mouth to say that our, that will happen to us. So that's just it.
0: Praise the Lord.
2: Contributions um, that has been made. Uh, one last thing. Um, I want to share is when we're waiting for our turning point, it is important to be in the right company. It is important to be what? In the right company. Saul's turning point for best, for better had to do with the servant he took when looking for the donkey. Saul was so close to his turning point, but he said let's go back home. Because by now, my father will be worrying about me, not the donkeys anymore. It was a servant that said, let's not go home yet. Let's look for the man of God who may be able to tell us where the donkeys are. And then Saul said, what is the point looking for the man of God? I have no money to present to the man of God. It was a servant that said, I have some money. So the person he kept company with Imagine if he was with the wrong person. The moment he said, "Let us go home," what would that person say? In fact, the person has been grumbling. He wanted to go. He wanted to go and have a bad eat. As, he would have gone home. Or if he was with the person who is not prepared, and said, "Okay, let's go to the man of God." Even if Saul said, "Let's go to the man of God," but I have no money. Or if he was a stingy person the person will not offer his money. So let us be very careful the company we keep. When you're expecting a turning point, it may have to be, it may have to do with somebody who God will use. May we not miss it in Jesus name.
0: Praise the Lord. As the senior pastor was giving that example, Another example that came to my mind was Naaman and his maid. When they told him, go and wash in the Jordan River seven times, he almost missed his opportunity. It was just the maid that said, if this man has told you to do something greater, wouldn't you have done it? What is there in bathing in the water seven times? So the company we take or we keep really can really be a pointer to where we are going to and that also reminds us that we don't take even little minds or little people or people who think are nobody likely in where god is taking us to listen to every opinion god may be just using that driver of yours god may be just using that receptionist of yours god may be just using that subordinate of yours god may be just using anybody to speak to us and keep us going as far as the turning point is concerned. Our prayer is we will not miss it in the name of Jesus. I say we will not miss it in the name of Jesus and God be praised for his word. God be blessed for his word. God be glorified for his word this evening. Let's celebrate the Lord for his word as we go on and march on to greater heights in the name of Jesus. As we go on in this might, let's remember in everything we do, let's not lose sight as we said, of what the word of the Lord has said for this month. There is a turning point for everybody. On Sunday, you will hear another message, but it's all taking us to the same direction, that God is going to give us a turnaround in everything we do in the mighty name of Jesus. Why don't you bow your heads in prayer, and so Lord in heaven, we thank you for yet another evening in your presence. We thank you for your word that has come we ask that you continue to give us the directions that we require. If there be any failing heart in this place this evening, we ask that you keep us aright in the direction you want us to go in the name of Jesus none of us shall be stray away in the name of jesus we will get to the desired de- destination in which you want to take us to in the mighty name of jesus in any way the boat of life may be drifting we we'll thank you because our hearts shall remain joyful we we'll thank you because our hearts shall remain thankful we we'll give you praise because our heart shall be stayed on you and you will take us To that place that you want to take us to in the name of Jesus. And Grace Assembly shall experience a turnaround in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed. And the saints of the Lord will shout it louder. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God be praised in Jesus' name. Celebrate the Lord one more time. The Lord be praised. The Lord be praised. Amen.